0: Can you say a short prayer before we start? Okay. Lord our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to dwell on your plan and purposes for so many missions all over the world, Lord. We pray especially as we present, we pray for those who work in the field in mission in the mission field in India, that you will continue to provide your plan, your purpose, your love, your support to all of them. We pray that through this, Lord, that many will be blessed. We ask this in in the name of your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you. Um, I would like to speak about uh, mission hospitals in India. I'd like to dwell on the problems that a lot of mission hospitals face in India. I don't know how, how many of you all have. An understanding of what has happened in India over the years, from the time mission hospitals came in the mid-1800s, and a lot of support was, was uh, evident from missions from overseas to support uh, the fledgling mission hospitals in India. Or oh, we should, when we talk about uh, missions in India, especially at the present age, we should think of consider some. Some things like the local resources for Christian hospitals and the need to ask ourselves some hard questions. Think of the ideological commitment and the economic reality of working mission hospitals in, a, in an environment where external funding has stopped and the need for local resources have to be resorted to. You said you had to hold something for Mm -hmm. certain... Is it this one? Now it's off.
1: Can you hear from that mic? Yeah. Yeah, now we can.
0: So we're saying that one should consider the ideology of missions, medical Christian missions and the economic reality of the mission and how much one can um, manage with what funds we have available. The other thing is uh, a lot of mission hospitals have a very poor community outreach and development work and that you very often you are not reaching the people who are the poorest of the poor in the mission field. As Glenn would say, the habit of dependence notoriously is disabling to the people you are trying to help because they get so so uh, lackadaisical thinking that somebody is providing the funds for your work that very often you don't try to do anything to augment the income that the hospital is able to To uh, achieve. Holistic healing, we talk about where we talk not only of the physical healing in the hospital, but also to present Christ to the people who come to the hospital. And we call this the holistic triangle, where you have the patient, the healing physician, as well as God in this triangle, working to a holistic approach that people are able to to see more than the healer, the physician that's there, but also that God, through the healer, is able to bring a full um, healing to the patient as they come to these hospitals. Mission hospitals in India were established in the latter part of the 18th century, and by 1900, a lot of the larger hospitals, like the Christian Medical College and Hospital in Bel, the St. Stephen's Hospital in Delhi and the one in Ludhiana. And after that the medical college in in Miraj. These were the early hospitals that came onto the scene. At that time there was a definite need for medical institutions in India and more more specific than that for for women doctors to come in onto the scene in india the most women would not like to be treated by a man especially in terms of uh, delivery they would much rather die and the the medical doctor who started uh, the christian medical college in bello was an american lady doctor called dr ida skada Her grandfather, Dr. John Scudder, if you go on the uh, Christian Medical College webpage, you'll you'll read of the account of his life, Dr. uh, John Scudder's life, the grandfather of of, uh, Dr. Ida Scudder. He had a vision when he was there in the early 1800s of uh, college and a hospital in Valo, a hospital in Madras and Wallaja and various areas that spanned from Madras to, to the eventual building of this medical college in Vellore. He is a man who had many dreams. The person who worked with him, Dr. Anderson, founded the famous Madras Madras Christian College in Madras, which is still standing one of the premier institutions. People like Dr. Radhakrishnan and a lot of other uh, premier people in the uh, government of India in the earlier days, they studied in this in Madras Christian College, and they had the Christian ideals, even though they were Hindus, Hindu in their outlook. They supported the Christian movement in India in the early days when Christianity was gaining hold in India because of the many Christian institutions that were there, uh, which did really terrific work, educational institutions. Funds for these hospitals was, was easy to come by both from the USA and, well, as from, from the UK, because at that time the East India Company was just coming up and uh, was controlling a lot of the, the, uh, the uh, trade that was there in India, and so they wanted to see more and more medical facilities coming up. The one in Madras, Madras Medical College, the one in, next to that was called Stanley Medical College, and then. Christian Medical came, uh, College came up in Belo, and so there were a lot of funds for the for these uh, new medical schools. Uh, and uh, UK also um, put in a lot of money in the early years of uh, these new medical buildings. In the 20th, 20th century, the established Hospitals in India at that time were getting from 50 to 100 percent from early 1900s to 1960, 1970. Most um, of the finances for running these medical uh, missions was from the foreign contributions from missions here abroad. And for most part, most of them gave almost... uh, completely charitable service to patients who came for treatment. It was only after 1960 and after 1970 that missions started failing. At this time, there were 800 mission hospitals, small and large, in India, before this problem of uh, financing came on. And from 1970 to 1990, we found that a lot of... uh, Mission hospitals were closing, or at least not running adequately. The, uh, it was at that time that missions hospitals in India should have seen the handwriting on the wall and seen ways and means of increasing their income in, from the income from the local congregation. You would say probably... Um, what had happened is that these foreign missions then transferred the ownership of Indian hospitals to churches in India. So a lot of the, the uh, Baptist hospitals—that's the Southern Baptists, the American Baptists, the um, World Ventures, which is another Baptist organization having uh, hospitals in India, the Danish Baptists, Swedish Baptists—all of them turned it over to the various Baptist denominations in India. The American Methodist uh, conference here sent it over to the the, uh, Methodist church, and we had a Methodist uh, medical uh, council that took over the finances and the running of these mission hospitals in India. So it was a sad state of affairs that um, there uh, Definite, smooth running of these hospitals almost came to a standstill. And uh, Indian churches then said that we cannot meet with the finances. You run your own hospitals, the church cannot help you at all. And uh, to some extent, some of the um, special projects for these hospitals was provided by special grants from Missions Abroad so you can see that after 1990, only local resources were possible and most hospitals were in dire straits. So Methodist hospitals uh, still um, the, uh, the Methodist hospitals here in, in, um, in India have, have uh, an office. Of the Methodist Council in New York, and a person, uh, Dr. Cherin Thomas, who is from, from med school originally from the med school in India, is the one who has been helping until 2006. He said that a lot of funds were continuing to, to be sent to Methodist hospitals in India, but unfortunately, um, the hospitals did not seem to improve, and after that, they've stopped financing. No. Uh, foreign contributions to these hospitals has been taking place. Baptist hospitals also have closed. The largest number of Baptist hospitals is in a um, part of India called Andhra Pradesh and almost all of them have closed down unfortunately. There are a lot of American doctors initially and we have uh, American surgeons who still go once a year to try to to help out in these Baptist hospitals. Uh, so also in South India and North India, we have the Church of South India CSI hospitals. A lot of them have almost stopped running the Church of North India hospitals uh, under the banner of the uh, church, CNI churches. Uh, most of them have, have only about 50% of the work that they normally originally have been doing. This is some idea of what we have now, and uh, you can see from this uh, picture that the number, the amount of Christian activity in the south is so much more. This is taken from Google Earth. Um, Kerala has, that's the southern part, 36 hospital. Tamil Nadu. 52. Karnataka, 24. Andhra Pradesh, 34. Maharashtra, 29. And as you go up and up, you can see Himachal Pradesh, 4. Punjab, 5. Haryana, 2. These are all North Indian places. Madhya Pradesh, 15. Gujarat, 2. That's uh, Mahatma Gandhi's birthplace. Uh, West Bengal, Calcutta, 10 hospitals. You can see as you go further up, the number of hospitals are really poorly represented for this North Indian area of, of India. <clears throat> so, what are the reasons for this decline? Unfortunately, the human resources. Uh, The lack of Christian doctors willing to serve in mission hospitals. There are three medical schools that supply physicians to to work in mission hospitals. These three mission schools have uh, churches that sponsor medical students. They sponsor people who want to work, do medicine from various churches in India. And that sponsorship gives them... An obligation to work for two years to three years in, uh, in the mission hospitals once they get in now the reason why you do it is that you are trying to build young people to go into mission and to work, hoping that they will continue to work in mission hospitals. Unfortunately, they do not work after their obligated period of two to three years and uh, they leave for various reasons and uh, Only about 20% of this number really stay on in missions, and that's the reason why you don't have many Christian doctors uh, on a long-term basis. Very often, senior doctors are the ones who don't like to build up the second string of junior people and don't try to build them up so that they they would... uh, look at the Mission Hospital as a place for full-time, long-time service. They always feel that they, the younger people are probably going to push them out of the of service sooner or later, and so they don't want, want that, uh, the presence of, of a junior doctor who's coming up and gaining experience and also getting the local people getting used to the junior people. Very often, these small hospitals, there's not much need for more than one senior doctor there. So, they try to get some local doctor for a short while, and they want a turnover, a quick turnover of uh, junior doctors in the hospital. A lot of the other, the other problem, because of that, the finance suffers. You don't have people who, who are, have, who seem to own the local place. The local people don't, ha- don't have the, the closeness to the doctor who's working there because they've been there for a short while and they leave quickly. And because of that, the patients tend to go to other hospitals. There's a lot of competition now in India because many, many private hospitals are coming up in these uh, places and giving a lot of competition to Mission Hospitals. And that's why Mission Hospital, the income of mission hospitals has been severely curtailed. A lot of the other problems that uh, the Methodist uh, person managing the Methodist hospital said, you have encroachments by by the local people encroaching onto the hospital land because a lot of them are open lands. And even the, the doctors from the, the uh, church uh, employees also try to take over part of the church lands, church, church land, and especially in India, which is a small country with a very large population, land is precious and very, very expensive. And that also cuts into the, the, uh, um, the amount of uh, finances that the hospitals have. The church I mentioned does not want to support hospitals because they feel that uh, the church does not have the money to spend for the upkeep of hospitals. And so that's why, um, to some extent, the church uh, has shown that some of these hospitals that close down, eventually the church sells it off, and there's a lot of monetary gain also by members of the church who stand to gain by selling these. Uh, closed-down hospitals. So in, in a more than one reason, they would like to see the hospital not surviving because they want to make a, a personal profit out of the sale of these, of these hospitals that are closed. A lot of times it's a poor management. We don't have proper administrators because we've never had hospital administration courses in India. And it's uh, in almost all hospitals, it's either the physician or the nurses or somebody who runs the administration of the hospital. And if you don't have a proper accountability in these hospitals and where the money is being spent, uh, there's no way that you can budget adequately for, for the next year. And because of all these uh, factors, a lot of hospitals fail. Um, Until 1970, we saw this downward spiral of Mission Hospitals. And then in 1969, this uh, entity called Emanuel Hospital Association came in, uh, started to look at hospitals that have closed uh, in fear of closing down, and they said, we are going to take it over. Two, uh, two of the doctors actually uh, from the hospital, uh, from uh Christian Medical College Hospital, Dr. Raju Abraham and Dr. Vinod Shah were two of them who started this process trying to build the Emmanuel Hospital up. They now have 20 mission hospitals that d- become viable and uh, working. Dr. Raju keeps on transferring from one hospital to another depending on which one is Unstable, and then he helps to build it up by means of working with the, with the uh, staff there and also with the various uh, projects. So they have 20 closed hospitals now that are viable and running by the Emanuel Hospital Association. They also have 30 community-based projects that are doing very well, and this spans 14 states, almost all of them are in the northern states and in central part of India. They've done very well. They have also uh, communication with EHA here in the U.S., EHA in U.K., and EHA also in Australia. So we do have people coming uh, from these countries to help uh, see how you can better the finances and better the, the way the Emanuel the Hospital Association works to improve and probably see which other hospitals really need i spoke with raju and i'm um, in communication with vinod shah so both of them are classmates of mine in med school and um, vinod now is uh, works in christian medical college on the the program for family physician program so that people working in mission hospitals can can better themselves and be more effective in mission hospitals raju is working in a in a hospital called kachwa which is close to Varnasi, which is a big big, uh, Hindu pilgrimage place, and he said the hospital is doing very, very well. In 2000, yeah. Can you help a little bit with how they were
2: able to pull in? How how did they. They are doing okay, but. Yeah. Before before they started, they had funding problems, they have uh, uh, medical personal resources. To
0: that. What do do? I'll, I'll come to that. <laughs> okay, so the reason what uh, Raju told me is that uh, the leadership of the hospital is the one that is so very inadequate and that's why a lot of mission hospitals have closed down. The uh, The EHI hospital now has clinical services, primary health center, and they start a very strong community-backed program for mothers and children, rural health services. (coughs) They cover 7 million people and treat almost 500,000 patients a year. uh, They also are involved in advocacy in HIV, AIDS, AIDS tuberculosis, malaria in both preventive and also in their control programs. The other group of hospitals is the one in Madras where I've um, worked with them for about 16 years, both me and my wife. This hospital, again, um, the person who is in charge of these five hospitals around Madras, that's what we call Chennai nowadays, uh, is a person is a lady physician, uh, a gynecologist and uh, she has such a great love for God and for the program of the church and for the ministry of of the hospitals that she spends her whole time trying to bring people together and now there's a very strong uh, group of Physicians, surgeons, uh, gynecologists, ophthalmologists who have come together and really making a difference in Madras in these uh, mission hospitals. She's turned it around. They're planning to build a new wing of the hospital, a new doctor's quarters. Christopher Blended Mission had built a a two-story building for the eye surgery, primary eye care. And uh, this hospital is really humming and thriving. I spoke... I. Because I work there, I'm in commun- uh, communication with, with her and some of the other surgeons there. And you see that the way God is has, has stimulating the growth in, this, in these hospitals. Both the hospitals, the main two hospitals in Madras are called Kalyani and Rainy Hospital. They, they both uh, had their centenary, uh, more than 100 years old. So some of the buildings are quite old. So they are planning to renovate them and, and put, put up new buildings. It just shows that if you have a good administrator who is able to bring people together, uh, the the other hospitals are CMC Hospital, Velo, Ludhiana, and uh, St. Stephen's College. Uh, Just a side note, uh, CMC Hospital um, had a big consultation with a lot of people, and, and this was written some years ago by uh, Gillian Patterson, I don't know whether you know her, she, World Council of Churches. If You want to have a look at this book and what she says. The story and probably the argument is, should mission hospitals think of tertiary care or should it be only for the poor? The experience now in India is that uh, no mission hospital can, can afford financially to remain where you are, treating the poor. Because if you are looking to, to get people who are able to afford treatment, then you have to keep up with the times. There is no way you can sit back and say we are treating only the poor because the poor are not able to afford. And how do you get the finance? For, from where will you finance your, your ministry? So... There's a hard look at all that can be done, and you could see from this note, the people whom I work with in, in uh, Velo, like uh, the, the uh, urologists, the hematologists, all of them, and even the, uh, the um, English uh, anesthesiologist. all of them say, you know, Velo has to move forward, you can't, Sit back and say that you're going to do ministry because you know you just can't find it. It's another uh, all the major Christian hospitals are going to fold up if you don't keep pace with the times. So how do they manage that? I'm going to come back. Come to Saint Stephen's College. Um, one of my juniors, uh, Sudhir Joseph, uh, is uh, is the uh, director of Saint Stephen's hospital in Delhi and he sent me a long letter when I was telling him what is your... I have a huge long email from him on Yahoo to tell me what he's done. So all of them have shown that you have to move ahead. You have to think of secondary, tertiary care if you want the patients to come. Now how does that work? You are talking of cross... Financing, crossover financing to finance the hospital for the poor. You have to get an adequate amount from the rich to to make your your plans for the poor um, available for them. And that's what CMC Hospital is doing, Steen Stevens and Ludhiana including Madras, CSI Hospital, all of them are using this so that you charge more for the people who can afford. And uh, you're able to... Now, CMC Hospital charges... They they have a ward in CMC Hospital called the M-Ward, where patients pay what normally a private hospital outside would pay for treatment. And uh, what... uh, a poor man or a middle-class person would say it's very exorbitant. But then if you go outside, they're going to pay the same amount in a private hospital. So because uh, the hospital is well-known, CMC, the, a lot of physicians and surgeons are probably the best in uh, India.
1: Yeah.
0: Do they also take care of the poor? Yes. 12% of the, of the income from... Uh, from the hospital goes to finance the poor who are seen in the hospital. Um, the other, we are talking about the poor. The local people in the, in the town said, what is it in it for us? And so CMC, we had a ward, the lowest ward, A ward. So they said, okay, we are going to convert A ward. All the patients from the local area of the well-out town are going to be treated there and uh, at a very, very low price, so that they feel that the hospital also is looking out for them, since it is their, their town. So, so the, um, Sorry, if... I don't
2: want to but when yeah. you transition from primary to tertiary care, uh, how did you get phone
0: for the specialists to come and stay there before the... CMC, CMC is, has... 1,700 beds now. It's a huge hospital. And it's a referral center for every available speciality. They're doing... Uh, uh, it's the first place where open heart was started. First place where neurosurgery was started. First place where bone marrow was started. First place where uh, renal transplant, uh, liver transplant. So it's already a tertiary care. But the question was whether we should continue... To as as uh, available new methods and uh, and technology, whether mission hospitals should continue in that in that uh, direction so or whether. Th- hospital
2: that were not tertiary, they were primary
0: care. Saint to- uh, St. Stephen's also is a very large hospital. Uh, actually, Saint Stephen's, the person who started Saint Stephen's, the English lady. Uh, actually predated even uh, CMC hospital well. So they are all tertiary care, tertiary care hospital. Mm-hmm. The reason is that if you look at the um, the number of uh, poor in India, it's a very large amount. It's a very large number. So the, always the question for people, see, because a long time, I didn't talk, talk of the financing, but a lot of time, World Council of Churches were giving a lot of uh, finances through, through uh, various uh, programs uh, to Velo. And then they had strings attached to it. And that was the question, if you want funds from World Council of Churches, then you have to do what we want. And they were saying, you can't go this way on tertiary care if you want finances from there. So Velo had to make a painful decision and say, you know, as far as uh, the viability of the institution is concerned, we feel that it has to go this way. And, and they had consultations with a lot of the staff in the hospital, a lot of uh, ministers, a lot of churches. Uh, CMC Velo actually uh, is, is governed by a consortium of 90 churches and Christian organizations. So it's almost spread through the whole length and breadth of the, of the country. So it's not a small group of people. And they had consultations with people from U.K., from the U.S., from Australia. And this was in, I think, 90, um, 1990 to um, about 2000 is when um, this lady, uh, Gillian Patterson, wrote about it. Eventually, when they had to take painful decisions. So it's a long, drawn-out process of... Uh, yes
1: for the smaller hospitals that couldn't become tertiary centers closed
0: yeah the small hospitals actually most uh, um, small mission hospitals would have a strength of 150 to 250 depending on uh, 250 beds 250 beds
1: and so they closed because they
0: couldn't be sure.
1: viable financially yeah and so these hospitals really were tertiary care hospitals all along and just decided to compete with the private sector. Sure. And their, their profits go to help the poor, but the smaller hospitals that were missionary hospitals that couldn't compete have right. gone by the wayside.
0: Yeah. The, the problem with small mission hospitals is uh, who are you serving? If, they are, if they're serving the, the uh, cities, then income is generated is quite good because you have a lot of uh, middle-class people who can afford, um, which I'll come to in the next slide. For ones who are in the rural areas of India, it's very difficult, because almost everyone probably will have 10 to 20 percent who can afford the, the landowners. But most of them are so poor that, um, you know, even in CMC and our general wards, where – most of the people who come know when you come to CMC hospital and get into the general ward. You say, I don't have money. You know, that's the first thing they say because they don't want to pay or, you know, they feel that they don't have. And so a lot of times the, the nurses would have to find out from, from uh, people who come to visit them whether these people can afford or not. But the first thing you say when you come to mission hospitals, I can't pay the bill because they know that mission hospitals... <laughs> I, I think some of you all uh, know, know the uh, problems that missions have. Oh, turn your mic off this know. way? Oh, they're recording it on YouTube. No. Okay, sorry. They are recording. sorry. Now I can keep this down. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the recording so is I'm on recording the Avalon. Yeah. Now, how do we do an income generation? And that's, that's the question, to make uh, hospitals viable. Now, private insurance agencies now uh, increasingly are, are prevalent in India. A lot of uh, companies now are offering private insurance, which was not there in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. And so a lot of uh, ins- uh, insurances are are paying for the bills of people that come to to the Mission Hospitals. Central government, the CGHS scheme, central government health schemes now are available from 1990, so that patients, a lot of patients, uh, central government is the largest uh, um, employer of uh, Indian nationals, and a lot of them that come to Mission Hospitals... um, The bills are paid by the central government health scheme. Uh, Just to mention also central government, uh, there are a lot of Muslims that come to Christian hospitals because they feel that Christians are so much more. uh, The the hospitals are comfortable, that the doctors are very um, uh, friendly. And we see in our hospitals in Madras, we have droves of Muslims coming, coming to our hospitals. And a lot of them come and even go into the, to, to our chapel, go and pray. Hindus come. They want to light candles, you know, both in CMC as well as our, uh, uh, hospitals in Madras. They come and pray in the, in the hospital, go up even to the, uh, past by the altar, kneel down and pray. Because, I mean, Hindus say, you know, God is God. For them, if you have one God, you have ten gods. It's about the same thing, you know. <laughs> It's just a question of number. So can you proselytize oh, yes. Um, you'd be surprised. Probably this is not in the presentation, but uh, you know the tsunami that came through and it hit the coast of Tamil Nadu. A lot of people, uh, fishermen that live on the, on the uh, edge of the sea, they perished. And a lot of Christian organizations now go there. They... The place in in Madras is called Marina Beach. It's probably as long as the one in... Which is the longest beach here? Florida? Uh, It stretches for miles and miles. And anybody who wants to do open-air preaching goes and preaches there. And we have literally a million people. In summer, that's the coolest place to stay in summer when when the mercury hits 100, 110 degrees. You stay there, people... Almost live on the beach until 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, and then go home. Because by the time your house is cooled down, for those who, are, of course, who don't have the luxury of uh, air conditioning. Okay, so the other thing is uh, public-private partnership. A lot of uh, the government health schemes also cover this, where a person during labor needs uh, specialized treatment like uh, uh, like a caesarean section, And uh, that is covered by the central government as well. So uh, and the most important thing is these companies that uh, a lot of them, a lot of mission hospitals now are getting um, covered because of the private insurance. Almost all major companies now give insurance for the for all the, the employees. Donations, unfortunately, in India, this has not been tapped at all. Company donations, CEOs and also individual donations has not been tapped. And I think nowadays, uh, because of the the uh, downturn of the economy, mission hospitals feel that they should now go out and try to canvas for for um, funding to missions. A lot of Christian uh, CEOs have money that they can they can contribute to mission hospitals because we like in America uh, all mission hospitals are, are considered a charitable institution and uh, you can write off your your excess on your income tax from that both the corporate as well as pri- private income tax it can be written off by donating to the FCRA now is the foreign contribution from abroad is now almost come to a standstill except for certain, certain uh, churches that still contribute to some extent for, for some of the, the needs uh, large needs of hospitals when you want to buy some uh, expensive equipment latest equipment for the hospital so on the same vein we, uh, the memorandum of our understanding a lot of uh, hospitals in India are trying to boost their economy by going over to to um, companies and saying, you know, we'll we will cover all your patients if you um, if you come to an understanding that we'll give you so much percentage off if you if you use the hospital uh, sources and mission hospitals because the charges are so much less than private hospitals. They found a way. Unfortunately, some of the more um, private hospitals have tried this, and it's got a bad name because they haven't written off. Uh, the initial uh, local schemes by hospitals, by private hospitals, said that wherever you have treatment, we will cover the cost, but they didn't live up to the the, the what they had uh, told the insured people. And so... <laughs> And that's a problem. Christian churches and businesses, also the hospitals are reaching out to schools, colleges, educational institutions to try to build them, bring them under the umbrella of, of uh, healthcare, under the Christian hospitals so that uh, this will boost their income. And again, contributions from, from individual and business partners. what happened to the last slide? Yeah. Is it is the, the hospitals are in decline,
1: or are they being replaced by well-managed, well-funded institutions?
0: The hospitals that are, that are closed down, there's nobody who wants to take them up. The ones... Uh, Yeah. They are forever gone. But among the 300 that I showed, the, the 300 that I showed, even those, there are quite a few that that are struggling.
2: How do you get the indigenous church that's there to feel a sense of ownership for this, that, you know, that if this is part of the responsibility That's is right. church, that there are people that they're going to be sending out in the mission field, you know, doctors, nurses, and uh, how do you give them that vision for that? Because you think, you know, the, the issue is going to be that church referral hospitals, those are great for people that can afford it, and you know, those are primarily going to be situated in inner cities. The problem is you still leave out people that are in the rural parts of the country that even if there is for sure a referral center that can treat them, the problem is the cost of transportation and getting them to a hospital and need to their family as far as loss of wages mm. while they take a family member to the hospital. You know, so you know, clearly there has to be some way to reach those people and to get the resources to them in their own communities. And perhaps the model there would be to get the Indian church itself to start thinking about this as their responsibility. I'm not sure what progress you made on that or what your thoughts on, are on getting them more involved in this.
0: The Emmanuel Hospital Association has tried almost every every avenue that's that's possible. They were, they are looking to uh, churches. And when I when I asked Raju this, he said the churches are just not interested in in contributing at all to maintenance of any part of the of the hospital setup. They feel that uh, the church Um, What the church makes is the churches and it's not, they don't share it with with the mission hospitals. The, yeah, yeah, uh, they feel that it's it's a a different entity, the church and the hospital and that uh, mission hospitals should try to manage the, the only place where this is not true is in the Madras um, CSI hospital. The bishop is part of the of the medical council, Madras Medical Council, uh, the, the uh, CSI Medical Council, where he sits. he's the convener of it, and Dr. Rajkumari, the lady who is in charge of the of the mission hospitals, she works along with him. And uh, a lot of uh, the new buildings that are coming up is because the the bishop is for these things. See, uh, to give you uh, an aspect of of uh, churches in, in India. The, uh, a lot of the churches the, from the U.K., from the U.S., when, uh, when uh, uh, India was given its independence in 1947, the church shifted from foreign churches to Indian churches. So they acquired a lot of land, a lot of buildings, and especially if it's in the city of Madras or Bombay or Delhi or Calcutta, the amount of revenue that these buildings uh, provide for the church is huge. So the uh, Church of South India, Church of North India um, or, or the Methodist Church, they have a lot of land, which, which is a lot of money. You, you keep it and, and it really exponentially increases in value. So you build and that's what uh, Church of South India has done. They built huge 8- uh, and 10-story buildings and have uh, leased it out. And that the money that comes in is, is uh, mind-boggling. And they are able to do so much with that. Is
1: the yes. church in India evangelical?
0: Um, we have – I don't know what you mean by evangelical. <laughs> there are, we have different uh, strata of evangelical Christians in India so i would say probably about 30 to 40 percent are evangelicals the church of south india is not but some some churches are evangelical even in the church of south india church of north india uh, what, what what would you say uh, maybe much less than much less than yeah. 30 pentecostal groups yeah pentecostal is the yeah some of the newer groups are more evangelical yeah would, like would you consider uh, when you say evangelical, would you consider Pentecostals with evangelicals, or would you put them in a separate category? They're all together. All together, okay. AG Church, um, where, where it, would you put them? The, yeah. uh, um, it seems that India seems to mirror America
1: in this evolution of hospitals, because the same thing has happened in America. That's
0: right. That's what somebody was voicing and, the same.
1: Um, so, the hospital... Industry is to take care of itself, and it's big money. And the missionary hospitals in India are at risk of the same plight the American hospitals have, or losing their their mission. Uh, in, instead of being and so focusing on the industry, and so 12% to take care of the poor, um, that's kind of sad. Uh, but they seem to do more than America might do. It just seems, it just seems, you know, when we work to transform uh, another country, hmm. to get them to take care of themselves, then they take care of themselves See, and become yeah.
0: capitalists. See this hospital where Raju is uh, in this area uh, called Varanasi, which is actually a very Hindu-dominated area. He said they've they've had thirty thousand conversions. On the, in the community where they, where they uh, look after, and they've had eight, they've had eight baptisms. So it does not mean that they are doing only medical work. <laughs> they are doing a lot of evangelism. And EHA is very good that way. I mean, they are really uh, the commitment to Christ is really
1: are there, true. Are there religious hospitals? Are there Hindu
0: hospitals? That's right. I, I just want to <laughs> touch on it. I don't know how many of you all uh, have seen on, on television uh, an eye hospital that uh, asked for funds in India called Shankaranetralaya. No? You've seen it? Eye hospital? Yeah. They ask for donations from here. They're a Hindu hospital. Extremely good. Eye hospital. They, that's totally. And, and they've got branches now. They started in Madras. They have branches in Delhi, Bombay. Vaisang. And uh, they ask for a commitment, you give so much of money. They do a lot of, uh, it's, I mean, the Hindu way of achieving nirvana or, you know, uh, karma is to do works. And this is part of the works that they do. And it's, that hospital is fantastic. They, they have a lot of Hindu uh, eye surgeons uh, join up because they feel that it's, that they would like to do this sort of work. They, they're very, very nice hospital Uh, I've known friends of mine who have gone there as well. Yes? If one of the largest problems is hospital administration, has any organization thought about
1: being proactive? Because what I think of India, at least from the stereotypes, is they're very big in healthcare and they're very big in business. And it seems
0: hardly, like, not that far of a stretch to consider combining the 2 and going for an MBA in hospital administration. Has anybody, has organizations actually started thinking of starting school? Yeah, we we have MBAs now, it started in uh, Birla and uh, Tulane, the, uh, one of the med schools now has uh, has joined up with Bitspalani, in, uh, it's an IT, uh, one of the top um, educational institutions in engineering and uh, so they've... Uh, Come together and they are they are running courses now in uh, hospital administration. It's they've done. I don't think it's a full course, but they've had people from. Um, yeah, three, three of them and CMC hospital, three of them have come together and they run courses, short courses. Uh, but it's not a full course like you have here in hospital administration. It's a full time three year course.
2: Yeah. What what are the main factors there? You mentioned salary
0: and administrative leadership problems. But what has EHA done to try to address that has anything successful? EHA has tried to make people feel that the hospital is they're doing something for the people of India. Make it you say ownership of what of what you believe in, you know that it becomes part of you. And that, that is so difficult to achieve. But so, uh, so that's why um, if you come into, uh, into the medical course, believing that you want, that this is what God is calling you to do, you will continue to stay there. And there are people like Raju and Vinod and then, quite a few of us who continue to stay in missions all along. But it's very difficult. The course itself has to change. They must do something with the course so that when you are doing your medical studies, now it's dropped from five and a half years to four and a half years. But during those those four and a half years, they should, at times in their in their student career, do electives, send them to a mission hospital, make them used to the privilege of seeing what is being done there, and saying, "Whoa, this is what I want to do." And it has not been done. But this is something that they that they are targeting now, and it should have been obvious many years ago. Uh, my wife
2: and I leave. Wow. Bangalore. Bangalore. And I'm also an auditor for the pharmaceutical industry, so I've I've audited at least 100 hospitals over the past three years, both government and private. The interesting thing is, is that none of the hospitals I've visited, I mean, of all the hospitals I've visited, uh, they're private or government, but, and that are going, that are hosting Western clinical research studies. Okay. But I've never been involved with any mission-based hospitals, so our... Any of the mission hospitals pursuing, other than maybe CMC more, other than the big five you listed, yeah. are there any of the others that are pursuing, uh, hosting uh, clinical drug studies that would bring in income, equipment, and that type
0: of? Thing? Wow. I don't know of small hospitals that would do that. As far as I know.
2: Yeah. Which is similar to that question there. Uh, in your the hospital, let's suppose you have a. 37-year-old intensivist or anesthesiology, are you able to retain him or her? Is it because he doesn't have other place to go? Is it because you give him more money or because you raise him and groom him very well for the mission? So are you able to retain an intensivist who's 37-year-old and and anesthesiologist who's 37-year-old?
0: See, a lot of mission hospitals now in the city, because there are so many uh, uh, physicians that are available, you can, yeah, they come on as visiting physicians, visiting anesthesiologists. Uh, as, uh, anesthesiologists. So they, they come, uh, if you're a clinician, then you open the hospital, say, I would like you to come and bring your patients here for treatment, and they admit patients and they look after them so that they get uh, their charges, which they do, they they are paid for that. So that way, uh, as visiting people, you not only get patients in, so that the hospital uh, benefits from the income, from inpatient income, but uh, you don't have anything tagged along uh, with just the visiting uh, physician. So you don't have to pay them more than just what they earn by admitting their patients. So that way... Keith, uh, there's yeah. another group yeah. meeting okay. here,
1: so uh, feel free to talk with him in another place. Sure. But we'll let the other group come in.